There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the Tom Bernard Show. Sitting in for Tom Bernard, I'm Dave Schrader, along with... Andy Brandt-Bernard. And Cassie Schrader. We've got some weird headlines to cover when we return to the Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Join us every Thursday at 2 o'clock Central for our newest podcast, Car Selling Secrets. It'll be co-hosted by me, Tom Bernard, and Doug Sprinthal from Walzer Automotive Group. We'll be talking about lots of stuff relating to how dealership sales actually work, as well as the latest product updates from nearly every make sold in the USA. If you have questions for the podcast, either email Doug at Walzer.com or call the studio live at 952-800-1492. Welcome back to the program. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Tom will be back later this week. He is currently enjoying the sunshine. Yeah. 
of empty spaces in Key West, Florida. Mm-hmm. Whilst we deal with yet another round of winter, Andy. Oh, God. Apparently, oh, yeah. they've decided to... snow. Yeah. Now, you, you've gone to Florida every year. Is this kind of a culture shock to have to stay in this crap this year, or what? Well, I did grow up with it, <laughs> but it has been quite some time since I've actually spent the whole winter here. Yeah. Uh, it's probably been like eight years or so. Uh, Bet you weren't missing it, huh? Yeah, I can't complain. It's it hasn't been a horrible winter. I did miss the snow because I like snow. Mm. Aside from the driving in, yes. Uh, but yeah, the cold. Well, it it's just kind of interesting how the first year I'm here in eight years, we get a day that's like it hasn't been that cold, and you know, basically since I was born. So yeah. that was a little odd. But it, uh, you know, if I could survive through that, then hey, I'm good. Yeah, when we were driving in today, there was a car that locked up their brakes. Bad idea. And just started spinning. And so I'm on the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cassie sitting next to me. I'm on the phone over our speakerphone. And I'm driving. And I'm watching the car spin. And I'm slowly applying the brakes. And we're starting to go into that fishtailing. Yep. And the whole time, I'm just, oh, shoot, oh, shoot, oh, shoot. Only a little bit more venomous, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And just, I think I must repeat it about 40 times. And the guy I'm talking to is not even paying attention to that I'm like... <laughs> Oh shoot! Oh shoot! Oh shoot! Oh shoot! Oh shoot! Uh, yeah, I thought we were gonna we were gonna buy it today, but uh, luckily we all made it through. And you know, then it's it's news stories like this that make you feel like maybe your day isn't as bad as you thought it was. A horrific story out of Metro Detroit, where a man fell into a vat of sulfuric acid uh, yeah. Saturday and died. The 54 year old man fell at Michigan's Seamless Tube facility in South Lyon. Oh, you and did was miss injured. one one. Key detail, though. What's that? 130 degree citric, or, uh, oh. sulfuric acid. Let's, oh, so not only was oh, it sulfuric acid, it was scalding. Scalding sulfuric acid. Yay. So you get double the burn. Uh, the 54-year-old man fell in um, and died at the hospital a week later. Oh, my God. So he lingered for a week. It's yeah, not clear it's like... what caused him to fall or how long he was in the tank. A co-worker ultimately pulled him out. The company says a comprehensive investigation of the accident is being conducted in cooperation with the Michigan Occupation Safety and Health Administration. Police say the highly corrosive chemical was at least 160 degrees, 160 degrees. when the man fell in. Click on it, Detroit reports. MST is a manufacturer of pipe and tubes. It's things like that that makes me wonder why we don't have like selective euthanasia because it's like once you get to the hospital after that just you know it's the end yeah why make him suffer well i'm sure they didn't i'm sure he was doped through well, the oh yeah i'm sure most of that oh. but yeah then we've got a, a story a little bit closer to home andy a little closer to home uh there's a band that cassie and i have gone to see i love this band they're called hairball hmm and they, they're really a great cover band. If you love, like, 80s rock music, they are the band to see. If you get a chance to see them, anybody out there listening, go check them out. Hairball. So what they do is it's the band is set, and then the lead singer switches throughout the night. So they have a lead singer who comes out dressed like, uh, in this case, he was Ace Freely from Kiss. Mm. Um, and then you'll have a guy come out dressed as, as uh, Axl Rose, yeah. and then a guy come out as Brett Michaels, and a guy come out as Elton John, or or you know some. There's just a continual parade of different people dressed as the lead singer, and they'll sing three or four songs and go off stage. So during the performance, they're doing Kiss, and and they have all the little flame cannons going off. All of a sudden, the singer's hair catches on fire. Oh. 
And you see one of the other guitars go over and he starts patting it, trying to get it down. <laughs> then he waves in. This guy doesn't stop singing the whole time. His head's in flames. Well, I'm sure there's like, you could probably wait about three hours before the flame gets down to your skin. Oh, uh, I don't know. Look what happened to Michael hair. Jackson. It went like that. That was him. real hair, though. So is well, this guy. That's what I thought. Oh. This was a wig. They're like, no, this was his real hair. Mm. So in the back, it's a bit singed and short now, but uh, well. maybe I'll be able to do Freddie Mercury going forward. <laughs> <laughs> the shorter do. But could you imagine this guy? And it's beautiful because he's just he's driving guitar mm-hmm. in it too. Doesn't stop while they're hosing him off, patting him down, getting he, all this stuff done, and he just keeps going. He doesn't even flinch. He says he's he he does very um, what is it evil Knievel type lifestyle. Yeah. So in this case, it was just uh, that. But man, wow, well, <laughs> that would make me real uncomfortable, especially if it was in a smaller place. Yeah. Because uh, that hair flame, if you see the pictures, Andy, if you check it out, well, the it, hair flame goes up over his head by about two feet. The <laughs> hairspray, I'm oh, sure. There's, I'm sure there was plenty of accelerant in that fire. Yeah. Oh, I'm surprised his whole head just didn't burst into flames. Oh, yeah, here we go. Burning can, hair doesn't look at stop that. hairballs Paul Stanley from playing. Oh, it was Paul Stanley. Okay, not yes. Ace. I can't tell from the grainy footage. And, uh, yeah, that's uh That's a hell of fire. a flame. <laughs> So see, as bad as we think our days are, mm. it always appears that somebody out there is willing to uh, to make it a little worse. Let's see, we've got a couple other uh, couple other weird stories to pull up here. I'm trying to access, but this incredibly old computer, I can hear the hamster working the <laughs> yeah. the motor in there. A woman safe after a disturbing abduction. Are, are there abductions <laughs> uh, that are not non- disturbing? Disturbing abduction. <laughs> She was taken by a man at a Miami tire shop, and it's all caught on video. A woman shown on surveillance video being apparently abducted from a Florida tire shop last week is now being reported as safe. But details on what exactly happened are still a bit murky. WPLG Miami police say the woman was found Sunday after the Friday night incident in which she was dragged away by an unidentified man in a Nissan Altima. The video, uh, which... A police spokesman calls extremely disturbing, shows the woman going into the allopath store and then being yanked out by the suspect who has his arms around her body and just forced her into his car. A witness says the woman told him, call 911, he's going to kill me. That witness also says the suspect ran like a beast into the store and beat the woman, hitting her like 20 times. Police aren't releasing any details. Well, they already have, apparently, like where or how the woman was found. But they said Sunday night that she's the victim of domestic violence and that they've been in touch with the man in the video per KXNET. Uh, the woman is said to be in good condition, police say, per the Miami Herald. How terrifying would that be? Mm. And then you're you're beaten in, in public, dragged out, abducted and gone for two days. Yeah, that... Now, obviously, it sounds like an ex-boyfriend or husband or p- perhaps her regular husband. Yeah. Yeah, there's got to be some type of connection. People just don't randomly do that. No. So. Uh, the, the more I look at it, these aren't really fun stories we're going to be talking about. I know. Isn't there any good fun stories? No, not at all. While I was looking through, looking for interesting stories, uh, well, let's, we'll cover a couple more of these darker ones and then try to lighten it up. Um, a Massachusetts woman who sent her suicidal boyfriend on a barrage of uh, text messages urging him to kill himself, was finally jailed Monday on an involuntary manslaughter conviction 
nearly five years after he died in a truck filled with toxic gas. In vault. I would say it's voluntary manslaughter, at least, but... Right. Well, they're they're saying it's involuntary because she didn't actually partake in any of the doing. She just was the one Hmm. prodding and pushing him. Um, It says here that Michelle Carter was sentenced to 15 months in jail in 2017 for her role in the death of Conrad Roy, but the judge allowed her to remain free while she appealed in state court. Massachusetts' higher, uh, her highest court upheld her conviction last week, saying her actions caused Roy's death. A lawyer for Carter had argued the 22-year-old should stay out of jail while her defense team takes her case to the U.S. Supreme Court. Her attorney said in court documents that she has no prior criminal record, hasn't tried to flee, and has been receiving mental health treatment, but a judge ruled Monday that she should start her sentence. Earlier in the day, Massachusetts' higher court denied an emergency motion filed by her lawyers to keep her out of jail. Carter showed no discernible emotion as she was taken into custody, though her shoulders sagged as she stood and prepared to be led away. Roy's aunt expressed relief Monday, saying his family believes justice has been served, even though the case has been a long and difficult ordeal for them. We hope that no one else ever has to feel this pain, Becky Maki said. His life mattered. An attorney for Carter vowed to continue to appeal. Make no mistakes, this legal fight is not over, Joe Cataldo said. Carter was 17 when Roy, 18, took his own life in Fairhaven, a town on Massachusetts' south coast in July of 2014. In dozens of text messages revealed during her sensational trial, Carter pushed Roy to end his life and chastise him him when he hesitated. Mm. So this story, you know, there were a couple of different angles on this when it first came out. I, You know, we've talked about it on our show in the past, but she had a suicidal boyfriend. He was always depressed, always kind of in this dark spot. And... I don't know if she was trying tough love with him. Fine, do it. If you're going to do it, Andy, stop talking about it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Get it done. No, no, no. No, no more waiting, Andy. Go ahead and do it. So, you, you know, I'm mean, not that that's okay, but was it just I'm tired of hearing this? So you've never done it. You're not going to do it. Let me just push you to the brinks, show you you're really not going to go ahead with this. But then as you read more about the texts that, that were released, she's like, no, 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 don't get cold feet now. Get back in the car. Turn it on and sit there. This is going to be better for everybody. So she really did, you know, she took it that one step beyond just trying to p- play tough love with the guy and, and push him over. She pushed him to the point where when he started balking, she wouldn't let him balk. Mm-hmm. Well, again, then, it's, you know, she was separated. They weren't together. How could anybody be pushed by a, a text message? But I guess if you're already on the brink of mental instability and somebody continues to to poke and prod you, that might be what, uh, that's why I think it's the involuntary manslaughter. Well, because I know there's been cases where psychiatrists and, and stuff have kind of pushed their patients to do that as well, and they've been held accountable for wow. kind of... Well, yeah, you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, you know, I don't know why, yeah, I think they they even did an episode on, I can't remember which show it was, but kind of that same vein where they've had psychiatrists kind of steer their patients towards suicide and then they get held accountable for it so it's like your psychiatrist was hannibal lecter <laughs> yeah can you imagine oh yeah kill yourself well, just make sure you pay the bill in his you books uh you know in thomas harris books about hannibal they you know the sequel to silence of the lambs just called hannibal was really a terrifying mm-hmm. examination of what he was but you again you kind of get this anti-hero vibe and he would he was a psychiatrist or psychologist for all these dirt bags mm-hmm. and he would suggest to them how to do things. So he, he went to a party with the one guy and, and I think they 
were dropping acid or something, and then he convinced him to cut off his own eyelids with razors and do all oh, these horrific things uh, while the guy was stoned and fed him to his dogs. So oh. Hannibal was really twisted as a character, but you, you hear that there are some of these psychologists that are taking advantage and, and doing this as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Yeah, that's awkward. Mm. They have yeah. the uh, all the text messages between this Michelle Carter and Conrad Roy are public. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, she's uh, definitely... There's no, you know, accident I, about it. Yeah, but I don't see... To me, that's drawing a thin line. It's like, do you get put this person in jail just for saying something? It's not yes. like she... Because it wasn't... She didn't just say, you know what? Shut up and kill yourself and, and leave them alone. Uh-huh. She kept going and yeah. going and going and going. And when it's somebody that you love and trust and you're mm-hmm. already in a mentally unbalanced state, yes, I think you should be held responsible. Yeah, I mean, the right thing she should have done is just said fine whatever and then just called 911 for if he was being you know suicidal if you if you're right. sick and tired of dealing with it then let the powers that be handle it get him in a psychiatric hospital you know mm. that way you don't have to deal with it but yeah i don't agree with what she did well you know it's really here's the kind of stink hole of that deal um if you are suicidal and you admit it out loud mm-hmm. um I, I remember when i was uh, going to a counselor um probably a decade ago all of a sudden i heard this yelling and screaming i'm like what the hell's going on and he goes oh well the cops are here this mental health people are here so one of the people must have admitted to their counselor that they want to commit suicide mm-hmm. and i'm like so you immediately alert the police well yeah we have to i'm like who the mm-hmm. hell would ever be honest with you then yeah really mm-hmm. wouldn't you like to know yeah dave's really in that place so what can we do to fix this or talk you through it not just send me and then you get Locked in the uh, psychiatric ward. So I can understand a lot of people venting to friends mm-hmm. who are ill-prepared to deal with this. Yeah. But you take it to, you know, a doctor or, or such. You know, I was just in talking to my doctor, and they have you do this depression deal. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, wow, you're really facing a lot of depression. You know, this is chemical. I said, it's not chemical. It's the fact that I've got snotty teenage kids. It's crappy weather out. I've got to juggle 14 jobs. You know, you just, sometimes you get down. Mm-hmm. It yeah. has nothing to do with chemical. You just, it, you it's just part of it. Right. And you just so down. I don't think you necessarily have to go through that. But this guy was obviously a lot deeper into the well, mm-hmm. and she just uh, wouldn't let it go. We're going to take a break. We'll talk some more. Uh, Valentine's Day right around the corner. We've got a very proactive mom in the news we'll talk about when we return. I'm Dave Schrader. This is the Tom Bernard Show. It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy, Michael Bilski. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? At North American Banking Company, we'll take time to understand the customer's needs and wants and their plans for the future. Once we have a good understanding of that, we'll try to solve their financing dilemma. We won't take a cookie-cutter approach to any financing situation. Wonderful. So if I need cash to expand my podcast, you got a plan for me, too? No. (laughs) (laughs) God, thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we love working with you. We can help any business, including a podcast that's already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. You I still are. never liked you, though. You are. No, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't. <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender? Tom here. Over the years, you've heard me go on and on about my eyes and how great I've been treated by the folks over at Whiting Clinic. Well, it's not just me. 
There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States and the trusted LASIK provider around these parts. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts that they are, they want to make sure you have the very best for your eyes just like I did. For a limited time, mention my name and receive an additional $300 off your LASIK. That's $300 off Whiting Clinic's already low price for LASIK. Trust your eyes to Twin Cities LASIK experts. Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. Visit whitingclinic.com or call 855-554-2020 and don't forget to tell them Tom sent you. Offer expires March 31st, 2019. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offers. Who is this? Prince. Sounds like Prince on like slow mo. This is it called Beasley Park. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Very slow. All right, we are back. Uh, so, students at Maryland's Townsend University have been advised by police to keep an eye out for a woman apparently seeking a date for her son. The odd warning came via a campus-wide incident advisory that police sent out after students reported being approached by the woman, said to be in her 50s and wearing a colorful scarf, in the school's Cook Library and Center for the Arts on February 6th and 7th, 7th, uh, reports WBAL. She reportedly displayed a photo of her son on her phone and asked if the students might like to date him. Police say there's no criminal element to her to this advisory, but they just like to tell her to stop and have asked anyone who knows her or encounters her to contact them. Reports the Baltimore Sun. So is this she just needs him out of the, out of her basement? <laughs> yeah, maybe. To what? Had to somebody what, take him, please. Anybody? Is there anybody? <laughs> Dude, look at my boy. He's handsome. <laughs> That's proactive for the uh, for the Valentine's holiday, huh? We're, we're so. going to be talking a, a little bit about love later on in the show, right? Yeah. And then uh, tomorrow, Flo Rowe is back with us, Florence Romano. Yeah. We're going to talk about how you can deal with um, kids and their first crushes and loves. Breakups, I'm sure. Yeah. I had, uh, I'll tell a couple of my favorite uh, grown-up stories with, uh, with that. Man, young love is the worst. Yeah, worst possible. Um, Oh, wow. Here's another weird story, kind of in the same vein. A Connecticut school district, shaken by the suicide of a 16-year-old student, says it's investigating disturbing messages posted on social media immediately after her death. Danbury High School student Haley Naylor jumped off the fifth floor of a parking structure at the Danbury Fair Mall Saturday afternoon. That's what the Connecticut Post is reporting. Moments earlier... She had posted a video on Snapchat saying she was contemplating taking her own life. Friends say she had been at the mall with her grandmother, who thought she was in an Apple store. She sadly did go through with it, says friends uh, Luis Lopez. After her death, taunting comments were made by another teenage girl on social media, and screenshots of the remarks were widely shared. Police and school officials are investigating. Father Kevin Naylor, however, says he doesn't believe bullying played a role in Haley's death. He says he had struggled with mental illness, or she had struggled with mental illness for years, and had been hospitalized more than two dozen times. Most recently, Friday, after threats to harm herself, the News Times reports, school board chairman Pat Johnson says the district will take a hard look at the social media 
and cyberbullying, anything like this that opens up the conversation, there's nothing bad that comes from re-examining it, he said. One of the upsetting factors of being a parent is the rapid nature of social media. Uh, It flies off in a hundred different directions. People know what's true and what's not. Researchers are testing apps that could detect mental health crises in teens. Oh, good. So we're going to really have Big Brother watching out for us now, Mm -hmm. huh? The apps are going to tell you if you're you're nuts. Oh, yeah. If you try to Google something with the word suicide in it, it'll, like, pop up this big thing that says, if you're thinking of committing suicide, call the suicide hotline. Right. It's like... Well, that's good. It just seems... Like, is that really going to help someone? Well, it has. Yeah. Sometimes it's, you know, sometimes people feel it's a message. Hey, I was just looking something up and all of a sudden this popped up. Maybe I should make that call. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't decry that. I think it's a great plan. And if you're feeling that way, I'd much rather you make a call if you want to hurt yourself or hurt somebody else. Make the call and try to talk it through. Mm-hmm. Because I think the, the big problem people run into in these cases is, you know, I'm feeling down. I go to my buddy Andy. Well, Andy's got his own issues. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know... He's not equipped, and you know he'll give me the old, hey, have a stiff upper lip, things could always be worse, yeah, there's more fish in the sea, all the kind of crap we really don't need to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and or then it turns into, well, you think you have problems, listen to what's going on in my world, and that nothing good comes from any of no. that. So calling these lines where they're, they're dedicated to helping, mm-hmm. I think, is a much better yeah. way for people to go. They're, equi- they're mentally equipped to handle it, because I mean... Um, but it's just like it for me. It's so hard to um, look at social media because I see a ton of social media posts all the time of people talking about their depression that they want to kill themselves. It's like, are they just doing it for attention, or do they really need help? Well, I think in and every case, if they're talking about it, even if they're just looking for attention, they need help in some sense yeah. because you don't just do that if you're mm-hmm. if you're not dealing with some kind of unbalanced nature. Mm-hmm. So, but here's the sick thing is watching people taunt people that want to commit suicide. Oh, I know. It's well, teenagers are pretty much the worst. Form oh, but of that's, life. that's, I, I can't even fathom the concept of that. And people chiming in, trying to get you to commit suicide or talking about, I'm glad you're dead and blah, blah, blah. I can't, I just, where is the common courtesy? You know, something brutal just happened. Just shut up. Mm-hmm. I mean, social media. You know, people should almost be able to do a, a research on you. Um, you know, before I date you, Cassie, I'm going to just look up your social media posts and see what kind of stuff you're able to do. Are there any questionable social? And if I see you're racist and, and homophobic and taunting teenagers to kill themselves, maybe that's a flag that I shouldn't date you. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. You know, because that would be a great insight, wouldn't it? If you could, that, that I wouldn't be opposed to. Well, Although I guess everything's taken. You know, you got to take it in context for what's going on. But I mean, if you're making a straight up racial slang slur or homophobic slur or just a horrible person in general, well, I think I think social media, in particular, has taken the humanity out of our culture. No, when you say something mean or vile or you know whatever the circumstance may be towards somebody else they don't see the pain that they're causing that other person now if we are in a room with somebody and you tell them you know i wish you were dead you would see the look on their face and how that affects them we don't see that anymore in social media interaction right but i don't think i don't think it's a fair statement either to say that it's removed all humanity because actually in in a lot of cases when people do start talking like Mm -hmm. that i watch strangers who may have never posted on their page before start Mm -hmm. talking to them 
And uh, I personally have, on a few occasions, when I've seen somebody that I, I kind of know on the peripheral, and I know their comment, I call them through the Facebook mess- messenger. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, it's Dave Schrader from Darkness Radio. What's going on? I read your post, and it blows them away. But if it gives them the can, you know, the the idea that somebody cares and is willing to listen, I mean, I wish I could do it all the time. Yeah. But there's been a few of those cases when I just see it, and it's like, oh, this sounds really bleak. You know, I'll make a phone call. But you are from a different generation than the younger people that are using the social media and that are doing the cyberbullying. And I mean, trust me, there are adults. Yeah, I was going to say, there's plenty of people our age. Especially when it comes to politics. But um, I just think it's just taking that, uh, people feel like they have more of a get out of jail free card when it comes to being mean and vile and just. You know, well, they've got that mask of anonymity they're hiding yes, behind. Yes, and uh, There's nobody holding them accountable for the hate crime versions of what they're saying and all of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. so they can tell somebody, oh, uh, go kill yourself. I don't care. You know, do us a favor. And they don't have any repercussions of that. Even if it's just guilt, that's a repercussion. They, they don't feel guilty because they're not seeing it, how it affects other people. So... Well, here's a here's a cheery headline to get us out of that doldrums. Woman found in suitcase. Someone will kill me, according to her note. <laughs> Valerie Reyes was terrified only days before her death. A woman found murdered in a suitcase Tuesday told her mother only days before that she feared for her life, the New York Times reports. Valerie Reyes, 24, turned deeply anxious in January. Uh, 28th phone call. She was very scared, very frightened, her mother Norma Sanchez told the Rockland Westchester New- Journal News. She didn't mention anything or anybody specific she just said i'm scared i'm paranoid mommy i'm getting anxiety attacks she was having a hard time talking norma asked if someone had visited her or if her ex-boyfriend was involved but valerie said no yet added i'm afraid someone is going to murder me valerie also said she'd heard about the murders of women saying i just can't get it out of my head the new uh the new rochelle new york resident texted her mom later that evening saying she felt better but didn't show up for work at Barnes & Noble in Scarsdale the next day. Detectives investigating the disappearance found surveillance video of her at a Chase Bank branch in New York City on January 30th, showing it to Norma. We were hoping that maybe we just wanted to, she just wanted to isolate herself and be alone, she says, but Valerie was found about a week later in a big red suitcase in upscale Greenwich, Connecticut, leaving law enforcement and Valerie's mom trying to comprehend. There needs to be justice for my precious daughter, says Norma. The people who did this need to pay. Officials haven't released a cause of death or announced any arrests, notes Fox News. Wow. Yeah, that's creepy, huh? So she knew. She put you know, a note. But she didn't know who or why, and she's, she's self-admitting that it was paranoia. I wonder if, I don't know if it's like one of those big red trunks, did she hide herself in a trunk trying to hide oh, from somebody and got from, locked in? Oh, maybe. From Did, asphyxia? I, you know, or just maybe couldn't get out and... I thought she was dismembered, though. It didn't say anything in this article specifically. I don't know if you've got a, Let's see. a different version of maybe it. Maybe I'm thinking of something else, but if she was dismembered, then it's probably Yeah, I don't not. think she did that herself. <laughs> not asphyxia. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure, though. There's... Well, as long as we're talking... No, they have arrested someone, though. Oh, they have. Yes. Okay, what's that story say? This was I just pulled this headline today. That's weird that I didn't have the update. It's a version. very it's a very new story. Unfolding, apparently. huh? Yeah. Uh they've interviewed a bunch of witnesses, looked at hundreds of hours of surveillance footage, and they've got someone. 
but I mean that's that doesn't necessarily mean they've got the guy. Right. But yeah, it's so early that all we know is there has been an arrest. Well, there's a new investigation raising questions about James Brown's death. I thought he was just older than dirt and having been a drug addict and alcoholic. Yeah, for real. That was probably what did him in. But CNN's story is questioning whether the singer might have actually been murdered. Natural causes, that's the official explanation for the death of soul icon James Brown back in 2006 at the age of 73. Wow, has it really been that long? Yeah. I thought it was just a few years ago. Wait, no, when? 2006 when? he died at the age yeah. of 73. Yeah. Congestive heart failure, to be more specific. Now, however, CNN has come out with a three-part investigation, part one, part two, and part three, raising the bombshell possibility that maybe James Brown was murdered. Writer Thomas Lake interviewed nearly 140 people over two years, including 11 who want a new police investigation. The uh, two others, Brown's daughter, LaRonda Petit, and son-in-law, Darren Lumar, also believe Brown was murdered, Both, uh, but both died before Lake began his story. One of the 11 is Dr. Melvin or Marvin Crawford, who signed Brown's death certificate, but now doubts natural causes and suspects an overdose, perhaps accidental, perhaps not, was the culprit. He changed too fast, Crawford said. He was a patient I would have never predicted would have coded, but he died that night. And I did raise the question, what went wrong in that room? Crawford says his recommendation for an autopsy was rejected by the singer's daughter, Yama, who declined to explain why to Lake. In addition to Brown's death, the investigation also calls into question the explanation for the 1996 death of Brown's third wife, Adrian Brown, as an accidental overdose. The retired police detective on that case gave Lake a notebook from an informant who alleges that a doctor admitted murdering Adrian Brown with a fatal drug overdose. As Lake writes, there is a disturbing pattern of similarities between Adrian Brown's death and James Brown's death 11 years later. Uh, you can check out part one, uh, I guess has already been released, in which Lake explains that his investigation began with a call from a circus singer named Jacqueline Hollander, who not only insists that Brown was murdered, but that the singer raped her. Oh. So we're going to have all kinds of twisted tales coming out now about James Brown. Well, they've had, they've had a lot of sexual harassment stuff in the past, especially when he was in his heavy drug use. Right. Like he would have like... I think they want to say like he'd have orgies and stuff like that. Orgies? That yeah. doesn't surprise me. You are such a Minnesota me. mom. Orgies? He's got the cancer. <laughs> then they were. There's word that they were all out having orgies. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. He he would go in like these drug binges. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, stop making fun of my accent. You know? <laughs> I just get that telling you. You're the quintessential Minnesota mom. No. Yeah. I know. And like last time, I'm like, let's go get some food. And he's like, no, get no. some what? Andy, she said food, and it was about 14 syllables long. <laughs> no. Let's go get some food. Food. The Minnesota O's. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, yeah, I'm sure during his drug, drug, tales, yeah. drug days. Uh, but that was a different time and a different era. Not that it's okay, but, you know, what? Well, then they had that. <laughs> didn't he go on some, like, he had a gun, and then he went on some, like, uh, got in his truck and was like threatening to shoot people at random places, and because he was just he lo like lost his mind. Really? And then, yeah, 
And that's when he was arrested. They had that famous uh, mugshot of him. Yeah. And yeah, he he lost it because I think he was like high on cocaine or something. That was his drug of choice. So he yeah. So there was a lot of accusations of him raping women and all that stuff. Yikes! While he was <laughs> high on cocaine. And then you've got uh, Chuck Berry, who I think he owned that restaurant. He put cameras <laughs> in there to videotape women going to the bathroom. Why? That's not even. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's a weird, weird world. All right. When we come back, I know that you two are fans of cats, and I might have the perfect cat for you to find a home for. Yeah. All right, we'll talk about that when we return to the Tom Bernard Show. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry, This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority's also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand-new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers. Come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call our fleet reps right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. One is the loneliest. No. <laughs> Wrong song. This is one of Dave's guilty pleasures. Yes, it is. Ah. Ah, something wrong with me. I it's a great song. I don't care. Know. You can't shame me about it. I just love it how the, there's, you know, the, these. <laughs> and then my favorite is when he does this in the car, his daughters would be like, Dad, stop it. They're horrified. Horrified. <laughs> Since we were talking about the harassment allegations and, and stuff, Andy, I, I thought I'd heard it all. All right. A buddy of mine who works for a very prominent um, business company, I don't want to get into specifics, right? He had to go to a meeting last week. And he goes, you're not going to believe this. He goes, I've got this worker, fantastic worker, great guy. He's, you want a hundred of these guys working at your business, right? Mm-hmm. He said, I'm on my way to go deal with him regarding a harassment issue. And I'm like, oh, that's never good. Every time they seem too good to be true, he goes, oh, no, no, no. Wait till you hear what the harassment was. So the guy walks into a room and two of the um, ladies are, are working there, right? And he goes, well, how are you gals today? Oh. They were, say gals. they were offended by gals. And yeah. if you look up the dictionary term, it just means like Words mean whatever people right. want them to mean. But gals, not yo, bitches, what's up, how's my hoes? <laughs> None of that. It was just, oh, how are you gals today? You can't sexually identify anybody gender-wise. And he asked, him, he, he asked the higher-ups, he goes, well, what, what would have been okay to say? They or them. Greetings, fellow humans. No, no, no. They or them. <laughs> 
and I'm he goes, doing that. right, you can't say, well, how are they today? How are them today? I would just go Southern and go, y'all. Yeah, but I, that's probably irritating to people. <laughs> so then here's the kicker, though, right, Andy? So he goes, oh, things just got worse. I go, how? And he goes, because he complained when he went into the lunchroom that the chutney was very stinky today. Oh, well, I'm sure that was racist. Right. So now he, the, they might have to fire a guy oh because God. he said, how are you gals today? Walked into the lunchroom and said, woo, that chutney's stinky. The word they told him he could have used was odorous. So which, which news chutney. organization does he work for? No, it's not a news organization. Wow. It's a, a financial institution is all I'll say. Well, one that's yeah. not going to be around for very long well, they by the have sound been. of it. Yeah, but that's crazy. Can you imagine being on the bubble for saying, how are you gals today? That's stupid. Yes, and they, I it's can, not, They were two women. It wasn't like one was a gender-bending you know, personality. It was They were just two older women. They, oh, how are you gals today? Well, it's a way to ex- it's a, all it is is a way to exercise power over someone else. Mm-hmm. And as long as HR takes them seriously, they'll keep doing it because it's it's they just want to feel powerful. Right, as long as you feel offended. I could be offended by a million things a yep. day. Most of them for my wife. Mhm. Look at her. Mhm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm not suing. I'm not suing, honey. <laughs> I'm not sending you to HR in our home. No, but I mean, it's just so silly to me that they're some of these things are I, taken to uh, obnoxious. And again, like I said, if you went in and said, "Hey, what up, bitches?" I could understand being like, "Don't talk to me like that." Yeah. You know? Or or uh, calling them hoes or something derogatory. But gals, I mean, the, the dictionary definition is just a couple of normal women. Mm-hmm. And I, and I called the honestly the Dave and I were discussing this in the car on the way here, and I said these women, which I call what do you mean by these women? Faux femmies. That's what I call them. Faux femmies. Uh, that they know that the ball's in their court, and they're using that to their advantage. Mm-hmm. And I think that's disgusting because it it just takes away from women who have actually been harassed and assaulted, and to sit there and go to HR because a guy called you a gal. Please give me a break. Right, and I've I've worked in sales for most of my life, and uh, I got to be honest with you, I would sit there in the lunchroom and listen to the women at the table behind me talk, and they were filthier. Than any conversation I ever had with my buddies, ever. <laughs> the con- and this was at work. Yeah. And I think, wow, that was, uh, but, you know, I bet if I had taken it to HR, they'd have laughed me out of the building. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, suck it up, Nancy. Don't be such a girl. That's what I would have been told. Mm-hmm. Right? But if, if women would have been in the lunchroom and they would have heard the disturbing conversations I was having with my buddies, we would have all been let go. Yeah. There's but a it- weird double standard where it comes to that. Yes, there is. All right. Uh, you guys love cats and cat videos and, and helping. And we've taken in now five cats. <laughs> yeah. Andy, I'm not a cat guy, per se. I don't dislike cats. I'm just not. I've always been a dog guy. And five is a lot. Five is even, a lot, a lot. Even when we had we had barn cats and we had house cats, yeah. we never had five. Yeah. At most, we had four. Yeah. Two barn cats, two house cats. Well, we, see, this is the way that when I, I got my first cat, right? Because I just, I, I'm not home enough for a dog, you know, and you're taking them out and doing that. So I like an animal that's more self-sufficient, right? So the cat was a good choice. But like two weeks later, they're, they're hitting us up. They're like, hey, we have 10 elderly cats that nobody wants. If you, mm. if you just come pick it up, it's yours. So my kids are like, come on, Dad, let's go. So we looked and we found another one we fell in love with and we took her home. And I said, that's it. I drew the line. <laughs> and I was good for years, like two, two and a half years. And then my daughter comes home and she goes, Daddy, yeah, oh, and threw the daddy at me. That's the big key phrase, yeah. right? Daddy, what? 
my friend got a dog. The dog keeps attacking their cat, and they're going to give up the cat or have it put to sleep. Mm. I'm like, they're going to put the cat to sleep because the new dog yeah, what? is attacking the cat? Yeah. They, so I said, oh, geez. And then the cat looks like our other two cats, mm-hmm. but he's like a gray edition. So I get him. I'm like, all right, well, that's it. And then last year, my <laughs> wife talks me into two barn cats. Oh, they're kid. They need a home, <laughs> honey. They need so a home. Cute. I love them. So now we've babies. got those two uh, idiot cats, <laughs> and now I've got a house full of cats that are all loving and affectionate, and one acts like he's stoned all the time. But I just there has to be a line. But I, you know what? If we're going to open our house up to one more cat, this would be it. Okay. All's well that ends well. Though the outcome at an abandoned Texas home could have been a lot different per KTRK authorities say. Someone busted into the Houston abode earlier this month so they could smoke some pot and found something rather unexpected. A large tiger in an unlocked rinky-dink cage. (laughs) The cage was kept in a garage that was held closed only with a nylon strap and a screwdriver. The concerned citizen called 311 to report the big cat. 311, is that the number in Texas? Is it? Is it? Maybe that's animal control or something. Yeah. yeah. And we questioned them as to whether they were under the effects of the drugs or they actually saw a tiger. <laughs> a sergeant with the Houston Fair Police question. Department Animal Cruelty Unit tells KTRK cops converged on the home Monday with a warrant and did indeed find a tiger who they say was living in deplorable conditions Aww. with a few packages of meat left alongside of her. The tiger was said to be a good-natured and generally healthy tiger, but police tranquilized her so that they could move her to a nearby uh, animal shelter for now. Unfortunately, the Houston Zoo cannot accommodate her. Finding a forever home for a tiger is not easy, they said. An animal research expert says a rep for Houston's administration and regulatory affairs department says that although the city usually deals with puppies and kittens, it's not the first time they've picked up a tiger. Wow. It's not the first time in Houston they've well, had to pick up a tiger. Well, people get these animals, these exotic How? animals. How? How do you get a tiger? You can buy them. Where? If you know the right people, I guess. Yes. And then they, what they do is they get them when they're like little cubs. And then when they get bigger, they can't accommodate these large. Did they not know that they would grow? Apparently not. Did they think they were like goldfish? <laughs> the smaller environment you keep them in, they don't grow any bigger than that. They're in like a little carrier kettle. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All you see is tufts of fur sticking out both sides. Well, I hear we have an opening at the Como Zoo because Ugh. our beloved Mufasa had just passed away. So maybe they can get this tiger. Mufasa's a lion, though, right? Yes, yeah. yes. They may have to move some So we're going to just p- spray paint him tan? Lions and in? tigers and bears, oh my. Yeah, but there's a difference, I think. If they're, I don't think you just replace a lion with a tiger, do you? I don't know. You are so racist. I know. They're not interchangeable. Although they can interbreed and make a liger. Yes, they can. (laughs) So that's that's Napoleon Dynamite's favorite animal, the liger. And there's also a tigon, which is liger is tiger mother and and tigon is lion. Wait, did I say tiger tiger mother, tiger father? Okay. So which one's the the mother and which one's the father depends on whether it's a liger or a tigon. Well, we have to have one of each now. Yeah. What happens if they mate? Then what do you end up with? A light tiger gun. <laughs> a light tiger gun. Sounds I like a Pokemon. You end up with a yes, tigger. it does. <laughs> yeah, light tiger gun. That is definitely a leaf uh, energy right there. Yeah. 
People think it's uh, fun or cool to have an exotic pet, says Lara Cottingham. More often than not, it's big, it gets expensive and dangerous, and they end up turning the animal in or abandoning it. CBS notes it's legal to own a tiger in Texas with a proper permit, but not in Houston. It's legal to own a tiger in Texas, really, but not in Houston. Is Houston its own state? Well, I'm guessing there's not a whole lot of roaming space for a tiger in Houston. No. Hmm. I didn't know it was legal to own a tiger in Texas. And it says here that people are, uh, or police are investigating who owns the home and uh, whether charges will be brought against them or not for having a t- uh, tiger. Hmm. So they're looking for a forever home. So if you've got a heart and a home big enough for a full-size Bengal tiger, please reach out to the Houston Animal Cruelty Place, whatever it is. They're, <laughs> they're, they're pound and tell Three them that one one. That's crazy. Yeah. No, honey, we're not getting it. Well, where would no, we put it? No, we're not getting it. It would eat our other cats. Oh, maybe we should it reconsider. <laughs> Tigers are bad kitties. Americans aren't just returning to the moon for the first time since 72. They're going to stay there, so says NASA Administrator Jim Brinstein. In a bold essay that envisions astronauts exploring the moon with new technology and using the lunar surface as a base to explore Mars and other destinations. Sky News reports. Uh, that's the mandate we've been given by President Trump and a supportive bipartisan Congress. He writes at OZY, this is an exciting time to be leading America's space program. Why do I have a feeling this is going to be the fire festival, too? <laughs> you get up there <laughs> yeah. thinking you've got places to live. It's a bunch of FEMA tents on the moon. The plan hinges on a new orbiting outpost called the Lunar Getaway that would allow astronauts to reach the moon and return at will. For now, NASA is discussing the gateway and commercial cargo moon deliveries with nine U.S. companies. The plan set foot on the lunar surface within the decade. This time, when we get to the moon, we will stay, Bridenstine writes. In related news, NASA has confirmed that China in, uh, indeed landed a robotic mission on the moon's far side, the first ever lunar mission to do so, per Science Alert. Photos were posted on a blog devoted to the NASA spacecraft that snapped pics of the Chinese mission. So you've got that story, and then going hand in hand, uh, according to uh, NBC News, the report is space will likely become a battlefield in any U.S. conflict with China or Russia. Hmm. Because, of course, Washington, a new U.S. intelligence report, warns that both China and Russia are investigating in uh, weapons that could attack U.S. satellites and assets in space, and that both nations are now preparing to use space as a battlefield. I thought love was a battlefield. I'm confused. <laughs> Last month, the Defense Intelligence Agency released a report about China's military capabilities, warning that the Asian country was making advances in counterspace technology that could threaten U.S. satellites responsible for communications, reconnaissance, GPS, and early warnings of missile launches. But a new DIA report's challenges to security in space warns that both China and Russia are making advancements in space technology, and both are likely to turn to space early on in any military conflict to cripple their adversaries. Space is now a war-fighting domain like the land, sea, and air, a U.S. defense official said. We can't view space as a sanctuary from attack. The U.S. military has grown increasingly reliant on space assets in recent years. It has communication satellites that provide Internet and mobile devices, services, uh, reconnaissance satellites that enable signals, intelligence, and provide information on enemy force positions, as well as space-based sensors that alert the United States. 
United States to missile launches and position navigation and timing satellites that provide GPS to the military and to most Americans. The use of space has greatly expanded U.S. military ability to project global or power globally, a U.S. defense intelligence official said, adding they can do with fewer troops deployed and therefore less risk to American service members. One common example is the use of drones, which rely on satellite signals in order to communicate. While China has demonstrated an anti-satellite missile and may have perfected a laser that could attack U.S. assets in space, Russia is still working to perfect these technologies and, according to the report, focusing heavily on directed energy weapons, usually lasers or high-powered microwaves that can disable or even destroy assets in space. This mobile ground-based weapon system, capable of destroying space targets, then report the, the report warns is likely to be operational within the next several years. U.S. defense and intelligence officials say neither China nor Russia has surpassed the United States in space capabilities, but that they are investing broadly to try and beat the American military and that they are now integrating weapons that could attack in space into their conventional units. Well, isn't that happy news? Mm-hmm. So it's not bad enough we have to worry about ground, sea, and uh, sky. We have to worry about space and how they can attack. If, if China and Russia ever decide to join up and attack our satellites and knock them out while the other one starts attacking us, I, I don't know. We're in it's trouble. Might as well just learn Russian. You yeah. know, that's the last place we have is, is you know, space. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, take a break. We'll continue. We've got more coming your way right here on the Tom Bernard Show.